Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. A special Halloween edition of the I Want to Believe podcast. Let's go. You can accept it or be stupid and be a skeptic. Unconceivable. Unbelievable. Unidentified flying objects. I want to believe. I'm Nomar Slovic. Season 3 will be coming out at the start of the new year, so look out for that. Also, you can watch my documentary, Otherworldly and More, on Amazon Prime right now. DVDs are also available. Check the show notes for links. Okay. Let's get into The Watcher of 657 Boulevard. When a New Jersey family moved into a new home, they began receiving disturbing letters from someone who called themselves The Watcher. We take a look at The Watcher, a stalker who was active as recently as 2017. The Westfield Watcher, a creepy stalker sending letters to the new owners of a $1.3 million home. After hearing those video clips, this story is obviously a favorite amongst true crime and unsolved mystery enthusiasts. And the story has also been covered by the New York Times, CBS News, and numerous other news organizations. It's taken the enigma of true crime fascination and has placed it squarely in the limelight. But if you're listening to this episode, then you might not know the story of the Broadus family of New Jersey. In 2014, the family began receiving anonymous notes just days after they closed on their dream home, located at 657 Boulevard in Westfield, New Jersey. They were so disturbed by the notes that they never moved in. The Broadduses bought the six-bedroom colonial home in the affluent suburb for $1.3 million. And the nightmare that followed over the letters the family received was chronicled in New York Magazine. This is the now infamous Watcher House at 657 Boulevard in Westfield, New Jersey. The stately 3,900-square-foot home boasting six bedrooms, four baths, and one very disturbing mystery that kept the Broadus family from ever moving in. Just three days after buying the nearly $1.4 million home in 2014, Derek and Maria Broadus say they began receiving threatening letters from someone who identified themselves as the Watcher. It all started one night in June of 2014 when father and husband, Derek Broadus, had just finished an evening of painting at his new home. He decided to see if their mail had started forwarding and checked their mailbox at the edge of his driveway. Derek reported that there wasn't much in the mail except a few bills and a white, card-shaped envelope. It was addressed in thick, clunky handwriting to the new owner. And the typed note inside began warmly. It read, Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. 
How did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call to you with its force within? 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched it in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. For the Broadduses, buying 657 Boulevard had fulfilled the dream. Maria, Derek's wife, was raised in Westfield, and the house was a few blocks from her childhood home. Derek grew up working class in Maine, then moved his way up the ladder at an insurance company in Manhattan to become a senior vice president with a salary large enough to afford the $1.3 million house. The Broadduses had bought 657 Boulevard just after Derek celebrated his 40th birthday. But as Derek kept reading the letter from his new neighbor, it took an even creepier turn. The letter identified the Broadduses' Honda minivan as well as the workers renovating the home. It read, I see already that you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Tisk tisk tisk. Bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. New York Magazine's Reeves Wiedemann. The first time I read the letters, uh, I got goosebumps. I've never seen anything like it uh, outside of, of kind of a horror movie or, or a Stephen King novel. In one of the letters, the Broadduses say the watcher wrote, my grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched in the 1960s. It is now my time. Why are you here? I will find out. Earlier in the week, Derek and Maria had gone to the house and chatted with their new neighbors while their children, who were 5, 8, and 10 years old, ran around the backyard with several kids from the neighborhood. The letter writer seemed to have noticed. The letter continued. You have children. I have seen them. So far, I think that there are three that I have counted. Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. Who am I? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Look out any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. The letter concluded with a suggestion that this message would not be the last. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. Followed by a signature typed in a cursive font, The Watcher. It was after 10 p.m. and Derek Broaddus was alone. He raced around the house turning off lights so no one could see inside, then called the Westfield Police Department. An officer came to the house, read the letter, and said, What the fuck is this? He asked Derek if he had any enemies and recommended moving a piece of construction equipment from the back porch in case the watcher tried to toss it through a window. Derek rushed back to his wife and kids who were living at their old home elsewhere in Westfield. That night, Derek and Maria wrote an email to John and Andrea Woods, the couple who sold them 657 Boulevard, to ask if they had any idea who the watcher might be and why they had written the note. Andrea Woods replied the next morning, a few days before moving out. The Woods had also received a letter from the watcher. 
The note had been odd, she said, and made similar mention to the watcher's family observing the house over time. But Andrea said she and her husband had never received anything like it in their 23 years in the house and thrown the letter away without much thought. That day, the Woods went with Maria to the police station where Detective Leonard Lugo told her not to tell anyone about the letters, including her new neighbors, most of whom she had never met, and all of whom were now suspects. The Woods family went with the Broaddus family to the police to report the letters. The police instructed the couples to not tell anyone about the intimidating mail, including their neighbors, who were all deemed suspects. Two weeks later, with the Broaddus family still not moved in, a second letter arrived. Welcome again to your new home at 657 Boulevard. The workers have been busy, and I have been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found what is in the walls yet? In time, they will. The Watcher boasted of having learned a lot about the family in the preceding weeks, especially about their children. The letter identified the Broaddus' three kids by birth order and by their nicknames. The letter read, I am pleased to know your names now and the names of the young bloods you have brought to me. 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all the secrets it holds yet? Will the young bloods play in the basement, or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house, and if you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic, or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the watcher and have been control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now... You are too, Broaddus family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard, and now it has brought you to me. Happy moving in day. You know I will be watching. Derek and Maria stopped bringing their kids to the house. They were no longer sure when or if they would move in. A few weeks later, a third letter arrived. It read, Where have you gone to? 657 Boulevard is missing you. The Watcher seemingly taunting the Broadduses, who tell New York Magazine they lived in fear and became obsessed with trying to figure out who wrote the letters. Derek Broaddus says, I was a depressed wreck. They hired a number of experts. They hired a former FBI agent to try to create a profile. They hired a private investigator uh, to kind of look around the neighborhood. A few days after the first letter, Maria and Derek went to a barbecue across the street, welcoming them and another new homeowner to the block. The Broadduses hadn't told anyone about the Watcher, as the police had instructed, and found themselves scanning the party for clues while keeping tabs on their kids. At one point, Derek was chatting with John Schmidt, who lived two doors down, when Schmidt told him about the Langfords, who lived between them. 
Peggy Langford was in her 90s, and several of her adult children, all in their 60s, lived with her. The family was a bit odd, Schmidt said, but harmless. He described one of the younger Langfords, Michael, who didn't work and had a beard like Ernest Hemingway. After hearing this, Derek thought the case was solved. The Langford house was positioned in a way that it could see inside 657 Boulevard, and the family had lived there since the 60s, when the watcher's father, the letter said, had begun observing 657 Boulevard. Richard Langford, the family patriarch, had died 12 years earlier, and the current watcher claimed to have been on the job for the better part of two decades. When the Broadduses told Lugo about the family, he said he already knew, but there wasn't much hard evidence, and after a few weeks, the police chief told the Broadduses that, short of an admission, there wasn't much the department could do. By the end of 2014, the investigation had stalled. The watcher had left no digital trail, no fingerprints, and no way to place somebody at the scene of a crime that could have been hatched from pretty much any mailbox in northern New Jersey. The letters could be read closely for possible clues or dismissed as the nonsensical ramblings of a sociopath. It was like trying to find a needle in a haystack, said Scott Krause, who helped investigate the case for the Union County Prosecutor's Office. In December, the Westfield police told the Broadduses they had run out of options. The stress was taking a mental toll on the Broaddus family. Derek said he was experiencing depression. Maria's therapist said she was suffering from PTSD, and both were afflicted with levels of paranoia that made much of their daily life seem threatening. Only six months after the letters arrived, they decided to sell the house. Due to rumors about the property, however, buyers were hesitant. The Broaddus family sued the Woodses for failing to disclose the threatening letter they'd received. The Broadduses say they hoped to reach a quiet settlement. Their kids didn't know about the watcher, and their lawyer assured them that at most, a small legal newswire might pick up the story. Unfortunately, a local reporter had found the complaint, which included snippets of the watcher's menacing threats, and after a belated attempt by the Broadduses to seal it, the story went viral. News trucks camped out at 657 Boulevard, and one local reporter set up a lawn chair to conduct his own watch. The Broadduses got more than 300 media requests, but with advice from a crisis management consultant, they decided not to speak publicly to spare their kids even more attention. Baron Chambliss, a veteran detective in the Westfield Police, was asked to look into the case. He said, The Broadduses are victims, and I don't think they got the support they needed. As he looked into the case, he discovered something surprising. Investigators had eventually conducted a DNA analysis on one of the envelopes and determined that the DNA belonged to a woman. Chambliss decided to look more closely at Abby Langford, Michael's sister, who worked as a real estate agent. Was she upset about missing a commission right next door? She also worked at a local Lord and & Taylor, and Chambliss coordinated with a security guard there to nab her plastic water bottle during a shift. But Chambliss says the DNA sample was not a match. One night, Chambliss and a partner were sitting in the back of a van parked on the boulevard watching the house through a pair of binoculars. Around 11 p.m., a car stopped in front of the house long enough for Chambliss to grow suspicious. He says he traced the car to a young woman in a nearby town whose boyfriend lived on the same block as 657. The woman told Chambliss her boyfriend was into, quote, some really dark video games, including one in which he was playing as a specific character called The Watcher. 
As for the female DNA, Chambliss figured the girlfriend or someone else could have helped. The boyfriend was living elsewhere at the time, but Chambliss says he agreed to come in for an interview on two separate occasions. He never showed up. Chambliss didn't have enough evidence to compel him to appear, and with the media attention dying down, he dropped the case and moved on. Some have speculated the Broadduses could have sent the letters to themselves as a hoax. The couple rejecting that theory, telling New York Magazine, the ordeal is like cancer. We think about it every day. The theory was that the Broadduses had suffered buyer's remorse, or they realized they couldn't afford the home and concocted an elaborate scheme to get out of the sale. Or Derek was cooking up some kind of insurance fraud. Or maybe they were angling for a movie deal. The Broadduses received several offers and turned them down, although Lifetime eventually released a movie called The Watcher without permission. Names were changed. Neighbors also found it noteworthy that over the course of a decade, the Broadduses had upgraded from a $315,000 house to a $770,000 house to the $1.3 million house on 657 Boulevard. A few weeks after the letters became public, the Westfield Leader published an article in which anonymous neighbors were quoted asking why the Broadduses kept renovating a home they weren't moving into, or questioning whether they had really done any renovating at all. The Leader even cast doubt on Maria's commitment to her family's safety, citing as evidence the fact that she had a public Facebook page with a photo of her kids. The paper did note that the police had tested Maria's DNA and it didn't match. None of the theories made much logical sense, though, and the Broadduses had answers to every question. How does someone go from a $300,000 house to a $1.3 million house in 10 years? Derek simply answered, it's America. What makes the case of The Watcher so fascinating is the limited number of potential suspects, coupled with the complete lack of evidence that has stymied investigators' ability to make progress. This case is very recent, so there's a chance we haven't heard the last from The Watcher. Two weeks later, Derek went to 657 to deal with squirrels that had taken up residence in the roof. The renter handed him an envelope that had just arrived. It read, Violent winds and bitter cold to the vile and spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife, Maria. You wonder who the watcher is? Turn around, idiots. Maybe you even spoke to me, one of the so-called neighbors who has no idea who the watcher could be. Or maybe you do know and are too scared to tell anyone. Good move. I walked by the news trucks when they took over my neighborhood and mocked me. I watched as you watched from a dark house in an attempt to find me. Telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions. 657 Boulevard survived your attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates. My soldiers of the Boulevard followed my orders to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with my orders. All hail the Watcher. Now, this letter also included threats. It read, Maybe a car accident, maybe a fire, maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away, but makes you feel sick day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet. Loved ones suddenly die. Planes and cars and bicycles crash. Bones break. The last letter concluded with, You are despised by the house. The Watcher won. And that's the story of The House, The Watcher, and 657 Boulevard. Oh yeah, and the Broadduses eventually sold their story to Netflix. Happy Halloween, we'll see you in 2020.
Find a moment of calm at Classical WETA 90.9 FM. Available to stream now at classicalweta.org or on the Classical WETA app. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. 